the most connected man in Washington. WSB's Jamie Dupree. He's on every day with Herman Cain. 1106 AM every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. If our religious beliefs in the United States of America offend anybody who is a non-believer, I have some advice for them. Leave! Herman Cain, Solutions for a Better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us. Because you know we're going to tell you the truth. We're going to give you the facts. We want you to be informed and inspired to help take this nation back. Breaking news, breaking news every day with Herman Kane and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Hello, Jamie. Hey, Herman, how you doing? I'm, I'm running off of three here. and a half hours of sleep. I understand you had less than that. 90 minutes, buddy, you know? Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, it's like I feel refreshed <laughs> right now. I still haven't had any caffeine, so I'm doing pretty good. Now, after the debates last night, you had some more interviews to do or whatever that kept yeah, you up, or did you go to some of those after parties? Yeah, let me take you behind the scenes. Yeah, I wish they were after parties. <laughs> Actually, they did have, uh, I'll give kudos to uh, the Republican Party of Ohio and the GOP. They did uh, lay out food for us, both for lunch and for dinner, and there was even food after the debate was over. Uh, for those who needed it, um, what we were in a big area, sort of, if you can imagine the arenas, and you know, it's where the Cleveland Cavaliers play for the NBA. Yes. So it's got lots of extra room around the sides, and we were sort of at the far end, and we couldn't see the debate stage or anything. We could hear it, but it was behind a big curtain, and we couldn't get over there. We we didn't have credentials to do that. So we were all in this big area with long tables. And you had people working on both sides of the tables, you know, with power strips in the middle and everybody's newspaper reporters, still photographers, uh, TV stations, radio people, everybody all crammed together and doing all of our work. And it's always this way. The radio news people are always the first to arrive because we've got to get ourselves set up. And we're always the last to leave because it takes (laughs) us the longest to do our jobs and get everything done for the next morning. You know, the TV people do their 11 p.m. news shot and they're gone. The newspaper people have to file by about 1130 or midnight at the very latest they're gone right. yeah. and it's always the radio guys and when i left there were still seven radio people there and that was all that there was and it at 2 30 in the morning they were telling us we're shutting off the power you have to leave now members of the press you must leave <laughs> so immediately after the debate uh they start what's called the spin room yeah and it's a it's a big area that they and they have these people you know the Imagine the convention floor at a political convention. They have those signs with the four sides that say New York or Georgia yeah. or Alabama. Yeah. Well, now in the last couple of year, uh, last couple of cycles, they've they make the signs with each candidate's name, mm-hmm. and so somebody holds those and they go out and stand on the spin room floor. And there'll be a surrogate usually there, somebody, a supporter, a famous person, you know, member of Congress, a strategist, something like that, or sometimes the candidate, him or herself. For example, yesterday into the spin room came Ben Carson himself. He didn't have anybody spin for him. He did it, so you got to ask him questions. Uh, You know, also uh, Rick Perry came in, Carly Fiorina and others. Donald Trump came into the spin room. I had had done some interviews and come back to my seat, and all of a sudden I looked over and saw everybody running and knew exactly what that had to be. And I ran over there as fast as I could, and the closest I could get was about 10 feet, and so I couldn't even get my microphone in there. I managed to take a few (laughs) pictures, but it was a total mob scene. I put uh, uh, one photo up on Twitter, at Jeannie Dupree. And then it was, you know, uh, Governor Kasich uh, came out and spoke to reporters as well. 
uh, and I got into that scrum. There were also some strategists for various candidates. I was struck by the lack of attention for several of the candidates, and that told me that, you know, maybe they weren't really in the stories that were going to be running the next day. And um, and I think the saddest sight of all was after the first debate was Jim Gilmore, the former governor of Virginia, standing there by himself Get with nobody out. talking to him. Wow. And finally, this young woman who must have been like a high school journalism student came up to him and started interviewing him. And that was all that he was uh, doing at that point in time. So uh, from the spin room, you know, look, they're all trying to feed you a line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you get that. I get that. They know that. Um, I, I didn't sense that there was anything very newsworthy that came out of it. But you just never know, and often you can amplify a story with a little more and get a little insight, and I think it's it's worth it as a reporter to be able to do it. You don't really rely on it for anything, but I'm all, much as with both the parties in Congress, Herman, it's interesting to hear what their lines are, how are they framing how their candidate did, and what's in the road ahead. And so uh, in that sense, you know, my quick read on it, Trump did what Trump does. He was Donald Trump. It was the Donald Trump show. He was in the middle of everything yeah. from the from the start where, you know, they asked him whether or not he would support the eventual GOP nominee if it wasn't him. And he refused to to uh, the, you know, fully acknowledging that he gave money to Hillary Clinton and to the Clinton Foundation and to other Democrats and fully admitting that he did it because later on he figured they would do something for him. I mean, that that was his. It was a very transactional nature as to what it was all about. And again, Trump plays by his own rules on many levels, but I can't imagine any other Republican candidate in this field being able to stand up there and say, yeah, I gave money to Hillary Clinton and not having a trap door open underneath them and they disappear from the stage and just are gone forever. But Donald Trump is able to do his own thing. And, uh, you know, I think if there's anything that I'm really struck by this day after, again, though, it's his thin skin. And he's really taken off today uh, against Fox News and against Megyn Kelly. They're biased against him. They were, it was a terrible performance by them. My Facebook page is just flooded with angry people who, you know, say Fox News is awful, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I find that interesting because long run, I don't think you can feud with Megyn Kelly and with Fox News. I'm not sure that's no. a that's a good thing for no, a Republican a candidate. No. But we'll see what happens. And look. If I were Donald Trump, I wouldn't have gone after Fox News and Megyn Kelly after the fact. Just, you know, see what happens and move on. And here's what, and then assess, what do you need to do in order to make a better show in the next time? I hope he does that for his own campaign. Now, listen, if it had been CNN, and this is why I was really happy on several levels that Fox did the first debate. If it had been CNN or ABC or NBC making the first cut and, you know, cutting some people down to the the uh, pre-debate debate, then there would have been claims of liberal media bias. If it had been, you you know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. If it had been uh, George Stephanopoulos asking the exact same questions that that Brett Baer did yesterday to Trump at the start and then Megyn Kelly did, I think there would have been accusations of liberal media bias. And, uh, you know, for Republicans, hitting out at liberal media bias is a big winner. I mean, people cheer on that and they love that. Going after Fox News, I, I find that interesting. That's a, you know, maybe, again, Trump plays by different rules, and he's certainly doing that right now. What, now, Fox had advertised 
that the first debate was going to be an hour, but they went 20 minutes they past. Did. Now, I was sort of wondering if they were going to go a lot more past in the second yeah. one. I guess they decided they wanted to give them a little more time for whatever reason, or maybe they bungled it. You know, I don't really know what it was, but it's obvious that uh, that first debate, while it was important, it was quickly forgotten. I mean, I, I think there is some buzz about Carly Fiorina, and she did well, yeah. but frankly, by about 9.05 Eastern, that was by the wayside. Carly Fiorina has had a lot of good press in Iowa and New Hampshire, and she's been received very well there. She unfortunately has not been able to translate that into good poll numbers, and that's the biggest thing for her right now. Can she find a way? It's not that she's in 11th and she's trying to get up to 10th. She's been down to 13th and 14th, and can she get herself up higher? So it is theoretically possible that she could see a bump out of this and get herself onto the main stage. Now, who might drop? Frankly, I think Chris Christie could be the one that drops because John Kasich, I thought, did a good job last night. And I thought he even you said you, you felt like he was able to explain himself and right. and, and, and lay himself out and, and introduce himself to people who I'm sure have no idea who he was and have no idea he's even the governor of Ohio and no idea that he served in the Congress and anything. Uh, so I, I would think that he may have uh, uh, solidified his position, but of course, you know the polls, Herman. They can go up and down, and we'll see what happens. The next debate is September the 16th out at the Reagan Library in California. CNN is going to be the host for that, and they're going to have a very similar thing, Herman, with uh, you know an early debate for those at the bottom and then the main stage debate for those at the top. I'm going to watch that one on TV, both of them, because really I got a lot out of watching that first one because – the problem with being there last night. It's a totally different view. Totally different view. And I couldn't, most of us could not hear the question sure. because of the crowd noise dying down of people cheering or whatever. And then we'd have to tune into what the answer was going to be. So we really didn't hear the complete question, but we heard the answer. But when I was watching it on TV, you didn't have that problem. Because no, everything is, you know, funneled through the microphone system. I agree. Uh, you know, quick little thumbnails on a few people. I thought, uh, you know, Jeb Bush stuck to his script and talked about his record as governor. Marco Rubio stuck to his stump speech. Uh, I, I thought uh, Scott Walker did, but it was a little underwhelming along the way. I'm sure he wants something better the next time around. Uh, Rand Paul obviously wanted to get himself out there. He when he tangled both times with Donald Trump, that was not because the moderators pushed him to. He jumped in and inserted himself in yeah. that. But it's interesting because his campaign is pushing his other fight, really, with uh, with Governor Christie about the NSA and surveillance. That's an issue that's much more in tune with them. But I thought it was interesting that Paul two times really went after Trump and, and, and simply accused him of being somebody who plays both sides of the ball, gives money to Democrats and to Republicans, and then expects transactional uh, items in return. And uh, I, I'm thinking that maybe Rand Paul is going to come back to that in the weeks ahead. Probably will. He'll probably come back to it. Well, it was a good experience. Now, you planning to go out to the Reagan Ranch? Yes, I will be at the, not the ranch, but I will be at the Reagan Library, yes, for that debate in mid-September. Oh, yes. okay. Then uh, I'll rely on you for a first-hand uh, perspective because I won't be attending that one, but I'm curious to see. First of all, I'm curious to see in that next debate if any of the candidates went back and said, what could I have done differently? Yeah. You know, all of them. All of them could have done some things differently, and if they go back and see what could they do differently, then hopefully most of them will be able to step up their game. I do suspect, like you, that by then 
you're going to have a different 10 people on that stage for the primetime debate. Yeah, you may have one or two that it conceivably could be different or it could just be one. You're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, that's the kind of break-in or break-out moment that somebody could have. We didn't really have a magic moment last night other than the Donald Trump show, and I don't say that in a yeah. mean way. It simply was. I mean, he controlled the debate in terms of dominating it, but I think he also left himself open, especially on the issue of not agreeing to support the eventual GOP nominee. That really burns under Republicans. Yeah. And I think they're really worried that Trump is going to uh, make a third party run a la Ross Perot and that they might be seeing a repeat of 1992 when Bill Clinton was able to win. And how ironic would be that it could lay the groundwork for Hillary Clinton. One quick note about the Democrats. They have set their their first debate for October 13th in Nevada. Uh, they're going to have six debates. Most of them will be fairly early on, uh, but I'm hoping I can get to that first one in October in Nevada. We'll see. So they'll have six debates, but Martin O'Malley and Bernie Sanders have said they want a lot more than six. We'll see whether or not the Democrats give in as O'Malley and Sanders sort of uh, basically say, you know what, you're putting the thumb on the scale of Hillary Clinton. If you do more, that doesn't work to Hillary's advantage. Well, exactly. That's, it. <laughs> That's exactly what O'Malley is saying. You're absolutely yes. right. Well, thanks, Jamie. Hey, Art, you take care, Herman. We'll see you Monday. Will do. You're listening to The Herman Cain Show. Four years ago, he was rising to the top of the primary race. Herman Cain certainly has the exclusive inside campaign analysis every day. 877-310-2100. Coming up, rapid fire on The Herman Cain Show. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.